Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. You guys can hear me now. I know we're good. I know we're back. For those of you who are listening on iTunes and SoundCloud, we do apologize that these technical difficulties have happened before in the past. But like Christian is mentioning, we have plenty to talk about in regards to the upcoming Super Classico in Chicago. We also have to talk about the mess that was against Atlas on Friday. And then we're going to be talking about the international break, a couple of America players in their respective national teams. And then we'll jump off and close things off with the Mexican national team and their upcoming friendlies between the U.S. men's national team and against Argentina, which uh, looks like we might have a Guido versus Ochoa faceoff. But more, uh, more on that later. Christian, uh, uh, te saludo again after having a little bit of technical difficulties. How are we doing? I'm doing fine now that I'm talking to the chat, so thank you for asking. Thank you. Thank you to everyone in the chat right now who's been patient with us. We do apologize for these technical difficulties. Uh, it's just been one of those very, very long days, you know? It's just one of those days where you're just like, you knew everything was going to fall apart. Yeah, it seems like that, to be honest. Alrighty then, well, we got plenty to talk about, Christian. Let's jump into what was the mess of Friday. America went down to Guadalajara and came out empty defensive sides in Mexico. We leaked three goals, and well, mm-hmm. we can't say that we looked any better than what we expected for us in that matchup. We'll talk about the good. There's very few, that, uh, very little that we could talk about in regards to that department. We'll talk about the bad, which I think there's more than enough. Uh, to talk about in that and then we'll talk about a couple of things that we need to see America change for the upcoming game against Pumas and maybe even the Clasico against uh, Chivas in uh, Chicago but I think like you mentioned it will most likely be a B-side squad no reason why to you know put any of our players in uh, more uh, injury doubt than we already have and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going from there so you ready to jump into this yes sir alrighty so Friday night, America went down to the Estadio Jalisco in hopes of getting all three points, but they only came back with three goals conceded. Another poor showcasing in regards to the defense department and uh, another reason as to why America and Americanistas all over the world keep calling for a center uh, a center back to come into the squad it just looks like we were just completely out of it uh, I'm not to say that Atlas ran us over or that they outplayed us. It's just defensively speaking, our mistakes cost us so much, and and mm-hmm. and not just that, but on the offense as well, we didn't take our chances, and they came back to uh, to haunt us. Yeah, no, you said it completely well. Um, it was just another one of those games where our our uh, our defense is such a liability that you know a small mistake just just we we can see the goal right away, and it's a it's a worrying situation that I hope uh, Miguel Herrera kind of you know already understands that we have and is working towards a fix for that but also like you said the offense was was as was equally as terrible because there were there were a couple of chances in the first half where we could have actually been up 2-0 and you know it's just time and time again we see that we are inefficient and inconsistent up top as well that when we have a clear chance we're not putting them away you know that changes the whole game for us and I think you saw the, the the dilemma of what are what the issues are up front for America, and it's the fact that you have no natural striker up there. You know, you have yeah. Roger in that striker position, but he doesn't want to be there. He wants to drop off, get the ball, receive mm-hmm. it, go wide, turn in, cut in, take the shot, and he's not really fijo in that position. He's not really set as being the striker. You know, and I think mm-hmm. at points to the match, I think America would favor having a true number nine in that position. Something we'll talk about in regards to the new number nine that's just joined America in regards to this young Uruguayan uh, player that's that's come uh, kind of out of nowhere, really. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll get into more of that a little bit later. But, you know, talking in, re- in respect to this game on Friday, I think overall the frustration was all over the pitch. It wasn't just in one department, but I think the, the whole team as a whole. I don't think we honestly saw the best uh, from the midfield. Um, you know, there was a couple of players that maybe looked like they were trying to take the game to Atlas. Uh, Cordoba, for example, I thought he was trying to do uh, a lot uh, in a good way. Uh, Guido, sometimes I, I felt that he he felt good on the ball, but then again, I felt that he got too flustered at times. Um, yeah. 
and, and up top, like we said, you know, there's just there, there wasn't a set number nine. You know, Rodgers mm-hmm. still didn't showcase his, his best performance, especially in a game that we said he had to after missing that penalty against Pachuca. Um, and, and overall, I mean, the defense was a, a mess from Paola Aguilar, who we'll get into a little bit more right now in regards to the goals that we conceded, uh, you know, to to the center back partnership, which was, you know, Aguilera and, and Vargas, which I think didn't mm-hmm. really work at all either. So, do you have the lineup, or do you want me to bring it up? I have the lineup. All right, so why don't we start off with the lineup? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how we thought America was going to come out and play, and then we'll we'll go into this discussion of what was the first half. Yeah, so on Friday, we came out with Ochoa and Net, uh, four in the back, Paolo Aguilar, Aguilera, Vargas, and Jorge Sanchez. He had the midfield duo in... Um, also, Gonzalez and Guido Rodriguez. A little bit more ahead, we had Renato Ibarra, Leonel Lopez, Sebastián Córdoba. And up top, we had Roger Martínez. Now, yes, that's not the strongest 11. But you would have thought that was enough to get a result at Atlas, correct? 100%. 100%. So what went wrong? Especially, no, 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 go well, ahead. Finish your, finish your... Well, yeah, well, I meant... I was going to say, especially since, you know, we just came off uh, playing a Tigres team who, in my opinion, is a a little bit better than Atlas. And, you know, we kind of we kind of came out with the result there. So I really thought this was a this is an okay lineup to get, you know, even up to the three points. Yeah, you would have imagined that that would have been more than enough, but it Mm -hmm. just it, it didn't culminate to that. In in no. the ninety minutes, I I think America did have a couple of moments in the match where if they would have capitalized, things would have been different. I.e., exact the perfect example in which where Ochoa does wonderful to distribute a ball from his box, plays it off to Renato Ibarra, who plays it off to Cordoba, does a great one-two with him, and then Renato Ibarra could easily square it to Cordoba for an easy tap-in, or he could have finished the 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 play himself. Decides to go with the latter and tries to chip the goalkeeper and when doing so he somehow manages to f- fly the ball over yeah no that was just a, a bad play and um we'll get into when we talk about the good you know Ochoa kind of I see something in Ochoa that I didn't see in Marche but we'll discuss them when we talk about the good but like you said in that play you know it was just a simple just pass over to Cordova let him just tap that in and you're up 1-0 and I'm saying stuff like that can just change the game on his head and you know unfortunately we just haven't learned how to capitalize on situations like that and and that really was, I think, the determining factor in which where I think uh, the game kind of changes perspective for America because I think not so much afterwards, Atlas goes and scores the first goal. And I think in yeah. a moment where America concedes that goal, the dynamic of the team switches. It feels like everything just falls on the team now and it, it's kind of like this weight that they can't get off their shoulders because it, it, it feels like the team felt that after conceding that goal, they felt kind of done for in a sense because yeah. they're like we conceded we just missed our chance we have all these injuries we're not at 100 percent. we know we're not playing our best i felt like all of that hinged on them at that very moment after conceding that goal and i think we just never saw america be able to 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 come back from it yeah no and also it doesn't help that you know like i said there's no um the, no the team just kind of burned out in a way they played so many matches this month and just Add on to that, and all the negative and all the negative uh, events occurring. It's just, I don't know. Like I, I just feel like this team just got completely burned out, and then out of um out of a, a mentality going forward on, in the match. So I mean, you know, talking in relations to that match, you kind of felt that America was going to have to play a stellar second half to try to get into this one. Even though it was just by one goal, you felt that Atlas was going to sit back, they were going to do their best to kind of shut out spaces. And America going up front really didn't have much creativity, so you thought them, you thought and you could see how this team could easily struggle in, in trying to find, you know, chances. Whenever Renato Ibarra got the ball or whenever Roger got the ball, you saw automatically two, three players, you know, gravitate towards them. And it mm-hmm. kind of frustrated them because it, you know, gave them no breathing room. And at the same time, they really didn't have anyone else to release the ball to because once you give up the ball, you kind of give up the play at that point because now you're not in a position in which where you you yourself can be the danger threat. Now you're relying off to kind of one of your one of your fellow teammates. But, you know, by then you already know that the, that the opposite team has already shifted. So yeah. it, it felt that there was no true answer to this. And there was no way to kind of 
look at the bench and ask for a resolution because there there was nothing but youngsters on that pitch. And yeah, you know, you, you granted yes, they could come in and have a spectacular game and, and and they could come in and score a goal, but you just didn't get that vibe. You didn't get that feeling off these youngsters at all. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, hundred percent, I agree. And it's uh, and that's where I guess, you know, just this whole this whole kind of squad like um. I guess mentality just comes in because you know the 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 players on the pitch know that you know pe- people on the bench aren't really the kind of those players that can have an, an immediate impact. So you know they're kind of thinking to themselves, okay, well, like like you said, people like Cordova and Roger Martinez try to do everything, you know, and then they get frustrated when things don't go their way. Maybe they're looking for a little help, but there isn't any help, so that adds on to the to the frustration and and it, it was just a, it was just honestly a bad night for every for everyone and. You know, I think I think Amy said it uh, on the last podcast where you know it was just you know it was a matter of time you know we were gonna see this and all 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 of these events were gonna just culminate together to bring this uh this horrific um uh end result. Yeah, you know, going back to that episode in which Amy said, you know, well, at what point is is that gonna be more than enough for America to come by and just scrape scrape by for results, you know, and. <laughs> She probably jinxed it. So thank you, Amy. Maybe. Thank you, Amy. Yes. <laughs> if you're listening to this, thank you, Amy, for jinxing it for America. Um, but, you know, eventually, she, you know, she, she she made a valid point, And I think Atlas was able to capitalize on it. And there was no real answer from the players. I don't think there was a real answer from Miguel Herrera. No. Know? Well, we couldn't because uh, the man got sent off at the at the 45-minute mark. So, um, you know, Ridiculous, I guess right? frustrated. Frustrating night for him, but you know it's it's things like that where you know you expect him to be the most cool-headed out of everyone. You know, you know he has to understand the situation that the team is in right now and how his players must be feeling, uh, having to play. You know, every every four days, it's it's gonna have to be stressful and tiring and just mentally draining. So he he's got to be the one to keep the kind of the cool head and kind of keep them all in, in pa- uh, intact. But when he pulls stuff like that, you know, it just makes you wonder like. Like what's going through his head? Like you know, it's not it's it's, it's not right for him to be doing outbursts to the referee when you know things aren't going our way. And that's the most frustrating thing about it is you think that after a certain amount of time he would have grown already. Yeah, he still finds his way to fall into these little tendencies he used to have before. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, granted that's what also made him the character that everyone kind of either you love or you hate him kind of situation. Um, which I think that's why he culminates to be this kind of perfect manager for America. It's either you hate him or you love him, kind of in the right. same respect as America. You either hate us or you or, or you love us. But, um, yeah, you needed him to be better. You needed him to be smarter in this situation. And because of that, you know, you go into the second half now without your manager, without your main kind of support, and now he's out in the stands. You, you kind of see how the team kind of starts crumbling within each other, with within with inside of each other. Uh, yeah. Within within the first forty five minutes of the match, and then you know the last forty five, well, it uh, you know turns out to be even more of a nightmare. I will say this though, I think when we came out in the second half, I think we had the right intention. I think America did well in in kind of press pressing Atlas and just you know kind of just uh, what's it called over overwhelming them with our attack, and it's something I think we failed to do in the first half. But for the first, I guess, ten minutes, we. We kind of we kind of gave him a little bit of a scare. If you don't if you remember correctly, that Roger Martinez um shot that hit the, the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know when when America when when that happened in my mind, I was like, okay, so America has the right mindset. They're gonna they're gonna go for this game. So they they still have something in them. But then you see you know little by little Atlas get the ball, and then you know they start controlling the, the game a little bit more, and then you know that they start implementing their tactics, and then from then from that point on. You know, this team was just done. There was no answer. There was no grit. There was no kind of, I guess, heart in a sense. There was no, there was just no, no will to kind of, kind of, kind of get back in there and look for a goal or or look for the win. And you know, it's uh, it's it's disappointing to see it, this team come to that at this uh, stage of the of the of the season. And which is still early, by the way, for those of us that are kind of putting up in arms and everything. I think Dominica still has plenty of 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 an apertura to go and rescue what uh Ten games. What, what what little what little we've we've let down let's be honest america hasn't really dropped that much points if we're being yes, honest with our with, first with loss our, yeah our first loss and in respects to everything but we'll get into that right now but uh you're right I, and i think it, it's kind of 
the similarities between the first and the second half are, are, are a little bit shocking. But if you if you realize that once America hits the post, once Roger hits that shot and hits the post, things change for America. The same way after Renato Ibarra misses that opportunity, things started changing in the first half. Now, in the second half, you felt that Atlas had the ball more after that moment. You saw them get the goal after that. You just saw America have no answer after conceding again. And it was just like... It was a repeat of the first half, and it was things that we didn't learn in yeah. in mm-hmm. those moments that came back to haunt us again. Um, I think after the second goal goes in, there was no response from America, you know? No, and you missed it, a clear chance in Cordoba. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just I'm saying, like, little little things like that. Okay, the game's 2-1. You still have, what, 15 minutes left in the game. You know, anything can happen. But like I said, and like we keep saying this whole night, we just didn't see it. We did. There was there was just not not enough will in this team to to, to just go after the game and um and you know I guess we got, we gotta we gotta live and learn by um by what happened. And do you feel that uh, this team at this point of the of this match was just burned out? Like yeah, hundred percent. Just... I, I I think they were burned out when by, by the first minute. You know, like I said, they played a lot of games this month and you know while i do understand their um lack in i guess intensity in a way that's still not a not a good enough excuse to at least not put in some some will and some heart into into kind of trying to find a result because i think me and you aren't the only ones who, who see that you know this america team just didn't it felt like they didn't want to be there they didn't want to play so it's uh it, it's a little bit it's a little bit disappointing but at the end of the day you know I guess there's better things to come. Hopefully, hopefully. You know, rumor has it that we should have almost a complete squad by the end of the by, by the end of this international break. We'll see. We'll we'll keep you guys up to date in what we hear over there down in Coapa, but uh things are painting for good things after this international mm-hmm. break, which I think America really needs a little bit a sigh of relief to see some of these players come back because um you know, we are definitely not the team that we should be. Um, and it's right. due to the lack of injuries. It's due to the lack of, you know, uh, you know, transfers and all that stuff. And again, this is not us making an excuse for America's performances because I think that's one thing that we don't make is an excuse for America at all. You still are part of the team for a reason you're there. So then you should have the cap- capability to go out and pull a performance against any team, whether that be Tigres, whether that be Pachuca or Atlas. At the end of the day, you're there. You're making you. You know. You're making your living off playing there. So you should go out there and at least demonstrate as to why you're making what you're making, right? So yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you know, it's not us making an excuse, but it is us kind of giving a bit of self-realization that this team should be doing better. Uh, once these uh, you know, injuries can come back and all these players are fit enough to get some game time, and of course the incorporations of these new transfers, which we'll get into in just a second, but. Right. Going back to this game, um, let's 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 talk about the let's talk about the good. Let's talk okay. about the good in regards to what you saw. Um, uh-huh. I think uh, I'll kick it off by saying that I I really did, and this might sound weird for a couple of of, of people, but I did enjoy seeing Cordoba on the ball a little bit more than prior than other games. I think he asked for it a little bit. Uh I mean, he he's always asked for it, but I think he feels more confident on it nowadays. You know? Yeah. I, I do see him a little bit more confident in, in the way that uh in the way that he's going about it game by game. Mm-hmm. I just think that's uh that's just a clear representation of what, you know, a player can can just feed off of when you when he's given the playing time when he's given the confidence when he's given the confidence of his teammates you know and then that that's what happened so um yeah Cordova Cordova for me is just day by day improving and you know we just gotta hope that he uh, he keeps this up and doesn't doesn't kind of kind of fall 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 back yeah yeah definitely definitely mm-hmm. uh, anything that you saw that you could highlight yes good uh huh so um, Ochoa I mentioned Ochoa earlier and. I, I, I've seen it. It's not just this game. I think I saw it against against Tigres as well, and maybe against Morelia. But you know, something I guess might just seem kind of lagged is you know uh, when when um, when when he catches the ball, and then he's trying to look for a, for like a quick counterattack. I often find Marche or found Marche kind of kind of mis misplacing those passes. While I see in Ochoa, his passes to 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 start a counterattack are very well. And I think we go back to that Anato Ibarra play where. Where Ochoa was the one that basically started that whole thing, 
And it's not the first time he did it, because like I said, I'm pretty sure he did it against Tigres, and I think once against Morelia. So that that's something that's something good to look uh, to keep looking out for, you know, quick counterattacks like that, especially with the with, with the speed that Renato Ibarra possesses. Um, you know, we, we, we could that we could be uh, using that to our advantage and there could be another element going forward. Yeah, if it's one thing I think Ochoa's worked on is his distribution game. Uh, Marchesin had his moments in which he had some good distributions, but like you said, for the most time, most part, sometimes you, he didn't really find the man. Yeah, precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, you bring a comparison like that. I think a lot of people um, just felt irritated after the loss, and especially the way that the loss was, which was a three-nil defeat. I think a lot of them felt that um, that you know Ochoa was to be at fault for some of these goals. And what was your take on that? Listen. It's it, it's hard, you know. You're you're coming in with uh, you're coming into an America team that's very limited. Their defense is very out of form, and you know you're switching players every single game. So you're not having time, sorry, to adjust and to and to kind of kind of develop this relationship and understanding with your def- with uh, with your defensive line. So it's got to be hard. Also, I do want to mention one more thing. When Marchi came to America, it, this this is the same exact start that he had as well. And look how he turned out. That's all I got to say. And, you know, people just got to give Ochoa a little bit more time to get to get used to everybody. And then, you know, the good stuff will come. Everyone's acting like Ochoa is just bad goalie when, when in reality he's not. It's just things aren't going, you know, the team's way. And, unfortunately, things aren't going his way right now. But, like I said, just give a little bit more time. And by the end of the season, I think we can make a fair um, assessment of Ochoa. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm one of those who, like you, Christian, just give it time. He, he's got a lot rotating in front of him, defensively speaking, midfield. The whole team in general hasn't been consistent. And you need consistency in front of you if you want to have some sort of kind of, you know, relationship in which you can grow your game from that, you know? Yes. So we'll have to wait and see. You're right that Marcia had a similarity of a start to what Ochoa had. So we'll have to wait yeah. and see. And hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, by the end of the season, we can make a fair assessment as to whether or not uh, he kind of compelled with the squad or didn't. But I, I think we're all pretty confident in him to to be able to do the job. Yeah, I do want to bring up one more thing, though. I saw a lot of people on Twitter kind of kind of say how, how Ochoa is a bad goalie because he doesn't yell at his, at his defense. When on you had Marche, who you know we, we saw him be this kind of livid person whenever you know he got a shot received or you know a, a play didn't go his way. Um, what's uh, I'm interested to hear your take on that since you are a keeper yourself. You know Ochoa kind of has this calm way of um, of addressing things while Marche was more like I said more livid and, and kind of just like a yelly more uh, type. You know you make an interesting point and it's something that I talked about over on Twitter myself. It's that you know that. As a goalkeeper, a lot of people want to put that position into one box solely and say, if you're a goalkeeper, then you're a goalkeeper. The The truth about it is that whenever you do play that position, you're kind of your own player and you, you kind of come up to be your own kind of keeper. There's keepers that are very loud, aggressive, and up forward, and there's goalkeepers that are a little bit more calm, more cool, more collected. And I always like to make these kind of comparisons in kind of bigger name players in Europe and to kind of kind of make my point be a little bit more relevant or, or more to for me to be made across a little bit more broad in the sense that Take, for example, you have a, a goalkeeper like Iker Casillas, who at one point was noted to be the best goalkeeper in the world. And mm-hmm. then you had a goalkeeper in Oliver Kahn, the German goalkeeper, who was also at his moment also one of the best, you know, the greatest goalkeeper in the world. These two different goalkeepers that played the the positions very differently. One was very loud, one was very up in your face, one was very aggressive. The other one, you should know this, Christian, you watched Real Madrid for a long time, is, you know, was more calm in the way that he addressed yeah. his defense, was more calm in the way that he went about his business. Mm-hmm. Does, does it mean that one's better than the other because of it? No, it, it just means in relations to how that you, you know, control your defense, the way you talk about, you know, the way the way you just kind of present yourself as a goalkeeper. That, yeah. in its sense, is, is is the difference. And I don't think one makes it better than the other. I think a lot of people just enjoyed the Marchesin show because it was that. It was the Marchesin show. It was right. him yelling. It was him. It was a way to get in the. It was a way to get the crowd at home a little bit more pumped, and the people at the stadium a little bit more pumped. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the way Marchesin was about. And Ochoa 
in the same sense as Kana Casillas is that, you know, he's more relaxed. He's more calm. He's trying to give that calm presence in the box by being like that, you know? Yeah. I'm sure he's yelling at his defenders. I'm sure he'll tell them when, when they mess up. I'm sure he'll be loud and, and aggressive when he needs to be. But and he's always been that type of goalkeeper where he's always been more assertive, more calm, more collected than, you know, other goalkeepers in respect. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, you make a great point. It was just interesting to see your take because, like I said, you are a goalkeeper yourself. And I do I do see a lot of people on social media kind of blame Ochoa for not being that aggressive keeper. And that kind of leads to, you know, more defensive mistakes and more goals conceded, which, in my opinion, is just absurd. And like you said, I think it's just a personality. It just comes down to personality and how you want to uh, kind of present yourself, like you said. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's your it's your skills, your attributes that make that, that exactly. makes you who you are not necessarily mm -hmm. how much you yell or how much you don't mm -hmm. good takes good takes brother definitely good question as well um so those kind of are the good things that we can kind of highlight let's go on to the bad is uh, like this is gonna go. be a good one yeah um well, let's just let's, let's just start where everyone wants to start off paul aguilar paul okay. aguilar i think is the villain for america yet again was the villain most likely against Pachuca since he was out of position in that right back spot, but definitely is the is the villain for this one against Atlas. Two goals in which you get beaten by your defender to a header, and then you just throw yourself at the end to try to play off. I don't know if it's a foul or you're just embarrassed. I don't know what it is. What, what's your take on Paul? Wow, he needs to be benched. He needs to be benched. He needs to be benched now. The problem is that we don't have anyone to bench him for and i guess that's that's a big 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 mistake i think we all saw in the in the in the transfer window when we saw these players getting loaned out and players being sold and with no proper replacement and we feared something like this was going to happen and now it's happening um you know i really hope he gets back to to his level but right now he he's not he is way out of form and in the, in the mix zone he said he he recognizes that he he has made an error he's made a couple of errors but he also proceeded to, to say that it's a team thing. So, you know, you can't really pin. He doesn't want all the blame being pinned on him if it's a team thing. So, you know, that's kind of, kind of an interesting comment, you know, to, to make after after just committing two, two big, big, big errors. So, I don't know. It's a, it, it, it's a tough situation because, like, like Paolo Aguilar is a, is a player that has given us a lot. But as of recent, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a little bit rough with him. Yeah, and that's why I kind of made this correlation between him and then Gringo Castro hmm. uh, last episode. Is like you feel you feel that this player has more to give, but at the same time, you see how he's starting to deteriorate in his career, and it's slowly but surely little mistakes here, little mistakes there. They're starting to catch up, and now you feel that Paolo Aguilar maybe kind of like kind of like Oriol Peralta, you know? In a way, yeah. Mm -hmm. In a way, when when when. We started seeing Oribe score less and less, start making a little less chances here and there. But I don't know. It's just with Paul, I, I, I don't have an answer. I, I I do think we need to bench him. But like you said, we don't have the squad for that right now. Exactly. And that's an, it, it, it's a worrying thing. But, you know, I guess... I guess all we can do is kind of just, I guess, pray to, to for him to kind of get back in his, uh, in his level that we all know and love. Pray to the soccer gods that he may yes. dance his dance yet again mm -hmm. for us. Next. Next. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's no way around it that he's at fault for, for these goals, right? For two yeah, of them no, at least. Yeah, no, 100%. And I guess it's a good thing that he does realize that, you know, he did commit some errors. And I guess he kind of knows that he's not in the best of form right now. So maybe I guess that will push him to, to get better. And hopefully we, we, we see a different Paolo Aguilar uh, when the team comes back from international break. Hopefully, hopefully. Let's talk about this third goal that we conceded. And it's Emmanuel uh, Aguilera. Well... This is a player I think we've all been kind of talking about throughout the whole season, how he's been a liability and probably the biggest liability in the in, in the defense. Um, we a couple seasons back we were, we were praying him for that playoff run where he, he just couldn't stop stop scoring. It was it was basically him and we were just making the joke, you know, let's put him at the strikers block since he's scoring all the goals. But ever since then, you know, we we kind of you know that kind of patched up his defensive liabilities and now we're 
seeing his defense liabilities come back again that people just want him out of the club and I don't know if you're on that boat as well but that's another player that needs to be benched and we have a very young young uh, player in the in the Fuerzas Basicas who deserves a chance but for some reason people doesn't want to give him the chance and Aguilera is still there but he's still not showing any signs of improvement so that's another worrying part um I don't know what your what your uh, take is on the great Imanuel Aguilera uh, well, let's 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 start this off at the beginning. I think Ortega does get the the starting position if the disciplinary committee does not overturn Aguilera's red card. Oh yeah, you are correct. I totally that, forgot about that. That is the reason why Ortega most likely doesn't feature. And you thought, okay, <laughs> funny enough, how that red card was most likely more helpful to us than actually deeming us. Because if Emmanuel Aguilera doesn't play this game, do you think there's a better defensive co- kind of cohesiveness? Do you think we see a better defensive game from America? I mean, there's a uh, possibility, right? It does a definitely possibility, but you also got to think you're putting a, a youngster in with three players he's never played with before. Maybe he played with Carlos Vargas since he was the other CB. But other than that, you know, he doesn't know how Paul Aguilar plays. He doesn't know how Jorge Sanchez plays. You know, he definitely doesn't know how Ochoa kind of communicates with the defense. So, you know, there there, there might have been some misunderstandings. But in terms of kind of defensive work, you know, I don't think we, we probably would have questioned him. Because, like I said, this is a player that is very highly rated among the America institution. And, you know, for him not to get a chance yet, it's it, it's, it's concerning. And we, we got to kind of kind of scratch our heads why PO hasn't given the kid a chance. So... Hopefully we'll see him in action against Chivas to kind of demonstrate to Bioga that he, he can do it, that he's a, a you know a, a person to, to rely on when things aren't going well. But you know going back to Aguilera, um, is this it? Like there there's uh, there's rumors about uh, a center back arriving as well. So maybe that that may limit Ortega's chances as well. But like I said, going back to Aguilera, is this is this the end for him? If this center back comes back, does he automatically get get benched? I think he, I think he does. Um, I'm not one to say that he needs to leave the club just yet. I mean, I was on that boat, but with all these kind of injuries and all these players leaving, I think he'd make a great kind of rotational player for us right. if we do get another center back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's 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 always been a liability for us. He's yeah. never made the best kind of plays for us yeah he scored some goals for us some important goals like you know the you know compute uh the, the copa mekis goal the penalty that wins us the the title um you know in the playoff run in which we won the 13th championship you saw aguilera and bruno just scoring back to back so i mean yeah he's he's a good defender on his day but most of the time he's a liability but- Eight out of ten times, he is a liability, and you know that's just something that it's not gonna it's not gonna go well with us here at America. You know that that that's not very America caliber like performances, and if he doesn't clean up his act, I think uh, I'm on I'm on you with that. I think he he needs to be benched for this new CB if the CB comes, obviously, because if he doesn't, then we will most likely keep seeing Aguilera in the starting lineup, and I don't know if that's um if that's something we we want going forward for the rest of the season. No, definitely, definitely not, but. America ends up losing this game 3-0. to zero. Obviously, a game you want to forget, but I think the loss comes at a good point of the season. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, it's eight games in, and we only have one loss. It's not that bad. Um, but like like I said, though, it's just the loss just kind of leaves a sour taste because it's just the end of a, of a stressful month, and, you know, you, you would you would like to see the team play a little bit better. But like I said... It's probably just a reality check, and you know the, the and to, to really let everyone know the the actual current state of this team that we are not at a hundred percent, nowhere near a hundred percent. So we could probably use this this break uh, and uh, and kind of kind of regain. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So it comes at a probably a good time, and hopefully the team can bounce back in the upcoming weeks. And, uh, well, we'll leave it at that. You Plenty and plenty of more to talk about in the upcoming days. We'll have you guys up to date with everything in regards to Las Aguilas de la America over on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. You guys can see it right there on your screens at Resaca America US or at Resaca America underscore US. And we'll have you guys up to date with all things Las Aguilas de la America. 
Before we finish and talk about the international break, there is a super classico among us, Christian. It doesn't even feel like it with everything that's been going on and surrounding the club. It's kind of hard to overlook this if you're not from the city where this game is about to be played. But in America, Chivas is always going to be in America, Chivas, Christian. 100%. No matter where it's played, it's always in America, Chivas. And the, the beautiful thing about this is that no matter where it's played, there is a crowd, and the crowd is wild. So we, I'm hoping for the same atmosphere in Chicago. Definitely. So in the Windy City, in the beautiful Windy City, Chicago, Illinois will be hosting America versus Chivas. The Super Clásico is making its way down to Soldier Field, and we are going to keep you guys up to date with all things in regards to that match. You guys will unfortunately see a B-side for most likely both squads. I don't see Chivas risking any of their first starters, but then again, Tomas Boy is uh, known to just kind of pull a wild one out of the hat sometimes eventually, so we'll have to wait and see. But interesting, uh, America Chivas, it's a, it's a friendly, so how much importance do we take into this match, you know? I mean, not a whole lot. I think you just got to play for kind of, I guess, your pride in a way. You know, you, don't, you definitely don't want to lose Chivas ever, so I guess that's something to play for. But other than that, I don't think this team should really take it that serious. Funny enough, American Chivas played one year ago in uh, the LA Coliseum here, a game that we were able to bring to you guys live down there in the stadium. An atmosphere, and it was a send away of Moises Munoz at the same time. So a lot was going on in that matchup. Obviously, a little bit more of a fuller squad for both for both teams. Uh, unfortunately, doesn't look like that's going to be the case for this game, as America has seen a couple players that are going to be missing, but. Still, like Christian said, it is a game that you play for pride. It is a game that you do your best uh, to try to get out. It is a game in which the babies have an opportunity to showcase themselves. And that also means that uh, we get to see a couple of new faces in America. And one of them being this new Uruguayan striker that has made his way into the club. What is his name, Christian? Uh, Federico Viñas. Federico Viñas. Uh, Uruguayan 21 or 23? He is 21, I think. 21 years old. Unbelievable. He's made his way down to America from Uruguay. A lot of good things have been said about this kid. A lot of good things have been said about this striker. Do we have high hopes for him? Or is this one of those names where you just don't know what you're going to get? I think it's one of those names you don't know where uh, what you're going to get. People are already saying that he's going to be our new in, in Sauralde. So, um, <laughs> oh, so man, poor kid. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it's – I don't like to be that guy, but you do have to take in consideration his, his past. I mean, he he didn't come from the best league. Um, and I don't know. It's it, it's a little bit just kind of – it's a little bit hard to, to rate him. But the thing I do – I will say is, you know, from what I've seen, um, he, he does possess this kind of, kind of Roger Martinez-esque, like uh, – I guess strength in a way. He just he just loves to just muscle through people and, and just you know he shoot the ball like very well. Though. Yeah, but and, and and that's the and that's the funny thing, you know, he doesn't look muscular but he but you know, but he does you know body people and you know he he does kinda kinda make a path. But like I said though, in the league that he's playing, you know, it it may be a little bit easier to do it. But you know, we'll see. Uh the the kid the kid is confident. He he feels like he can make a difference and we just gotta hope that that uh he, he adapts well and and he performs well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So uh something to look forward to. We'll have to definitely wait and see what uh what what they're capable of, of doing with this new player at the club. And I would imagine he's gonna get some minutes against Chivas. Uh you know, he's reporting Is that confirmed? Is he gonna is he gonna try with the team? Uh, I I believe so. He's reporting to to I think he already reported himself to yes Guapa. He, he did a report uh huh he already so, did yes but I, I would, he has his visa would, he has his right. visa so he can travel um mm-hmm. I don't see why you don't take him no correct I just I just didn't know if he was actually like ready to to travel with the uh, I mean just uh, to feature in the match already I I didn't know if he was ready but if you're saying he's ready he is ready and the, I would, and I hope he does get some minutes yeah I would imagine I would imagine if you're gonna use him in a game. You most likely would use him against Chivas. I don't think he starts. I, I do think he'd probably feature off the bench. 
But, I mean, Same. you give them enough time to adapt to kind of the team. Because adapting to the uh, kind of the altitude in Mexico City, that's going to be different. That's going to oh, be yeah. a, a whole a whole different level. But I think playing in, in Chicago, I think he's going to be able to adapt to that. And I think he'll be able to, you know, get a bit of a learning style of what Piojo wants from him and what the team demands from him as well. Right. Yeah. So we got to... Just gotta see how how he um how, how he performs and hopefully he does get some minutes and he showcases something, something uh something interesting and intriguing and uh and hope the America fans kind of just fall, you know in um in accordance with this player and give him all, all the all the high energy. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be one of those players that we gotta keep an eye on to see mm-hmm. what happens, but. Uh, America will be going up against uh, Chick uh, against Chicago. America will be mm-hmm. going up against Chivas in Chicago. Uh, let me see where uh, I'm trying to get the date and time correctly. I know it's going to be this Sunday, um, and that that game is going to be broadcasted live through uh, through the NA. So for mm-hmm. those of you guys wondering if that game was going to be pl- uh, was going to be broadcasted live, for those of you who have uh, have the intention of watching this game, you guys will be able to watch it on uh, what used to be Univision Deportes now is to the end. So it looks like match is at 5.30 Pacific time. That is 7.30 Central time. That is 8 Eastern, 8.30 Eastern time. Uh, a match in which uh, you guys can either see a really, really good game by the youngsters or it's going to be one of those dull matches. Either way, it's America versus Chivas, so you do not want to miss this one. We're going to try to bring you guys the utmost best coverage of this matchup, so stay tuned into all of our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter, and we'll keep you guys up to date with everything going on in regards to that matchup. We might have an announcement for you guys in regards to that match tomorrow, so stay tuned, keep in touch, and uh, we'll definitely have to see what this game brings for us. So, Christian, before we end this quick little uh, segment, what is your prediction for Sunday in regards to this Clásico? Oh, uh, I'm going to go 3-1 three, 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 uh, three, America. 3-1 America. Wow. Yes. All right. I I think I think I think you said it perfectly. I don't think both teams will bring bring out their uh their their, their starters. So I'm expecting to be this kind of it's kind of scrappy and fast match between all the youngsters. So it should be it should be fun to watch though nonetheless. But yeah, 3-1. 3-1 America. I'm going 2-0 America. Mm-hmm. Um I I think it could be one of those games in which I think Oscar Jimenez can again demonstrate why he did his thing for America when Marchesin did leave. And yeah. um, I, you know, I, I could see the, some of these youngsters trying to take uh, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to wait and see. Like again, keep in tact, uh, keep in contact with us in regards to that over there on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So, Christian. With that said, we leave Club America for the national side of things. Club football is put on pause. You'd imagine that we take a break because of this, but. We're always working here on the EY podcast, and if it's not Club America, then it's either the Mexican national team or it is our players who are out on international duty. And do you happen to have the list of players that have left the club to go feature for said uh, national teams? I do. Alrighty, so why don't you read off exactly who is out on international duty? Okay, so for Colombia, we have Roger Martinez. For Argentina, we have Guido Rodriguez. For Paraguay, we have Richard Sanchez. Um, it was going to be Bruno Valdez as well, but as we all know, he has suffered a, a fracture uh, and he just got surgery, so he has been left out of the of the squad. Um, his time of return is still a little bit undecided, but we hope to have him sooner rather than later. Um, for Mexico, we do have uh, Memo Ochoa and Jorge Sanchez, and... Uh, nonetheless, for the Mexican U22 squad, we have Sebastián Córdoba. So not as big of uh, as before when we used to have, you know, like when yeah. when all the other players that were still here, they would feature for their national team. So mm-hmm. not a lot of players, which is kind of a good thing if you think about it. That means less way, players yes. that are mm-hmm. out and less players that are going to be a little bit more tired. Uh, we'll have to see how many game uh, minutes these these players feature in, but we'll have uh, we'll keep a close eye on that in regards to that aspect. But uh, this is a, this is a good time for them too. They they get to kind of take away from the club. They I would imagine that the training sessions are not as intense. I would imagine it's a little bit more relaxed. It's an international friendly kind of situation. <coughs> I mean, 
it comes at a good point for everyone, yeah. I think. Yeah, and um, like you said, I I don't I don't think these players will feature a lot, and um, and I guess the 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 hope is that they don't feature a lot, so they get uh, a little bit more rest, uh, than you know, because it's much needed right now, and especially you know when we have a, a difficult schedule ahead of us, in regards to Cuba America. Definitely a big big schedule coming up for us. So let's shift our attention now to the Mexican national team. It's uh, it's Dia de Clásico, or it's more like Clásico Week here in uh, the United States. If it's not America versus Chivas down in Chicago, it's uh, Mexico versus the United States in your own backyard, Christian. Gives a little bit yes. of an insight of this game as it seems that uh, you might be a little bit closer to the action than most of us. Yeah, so we all know, you know, Mexico-USA is always a, a great time. Uh, it's always a great, great match to watch. And yes, it is going to be in my backyard uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. Um, it should be a good one, though. I'm excited. Um, it's it's been, a, it's been a while since a Mexican, uh, a Mexico national team game has been around my area. So, um, so yeah, it should be, it should be a fun time. Should definitely be a fun time for those of you guys who are gonna out go out there tailgate, enjoy yourselves, have a fun time, and uh, you know do do the most of it because like Christian mentioned, it's not that often that the Mexican national team does find itself out in New York slash New Jersey, so it should be an interesting one. I know a lot of people out there are excited for this, uh, as much as a lot of people are excited to watch this game in general on TV. It's uh it's let's face it, it's a classical right? It's it's a game in mm-hmm. which no matter what kind of the pride and the rivalry is there to be up for grabs, especially after this recent Gold Cup encounter. Should be interesting to see how both teams come into this matchup. Tata Martino again going up against the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and, you know, he didn't have the best of games against them, yet he still was able to manage a victory over them in the Gold Cup. I think he has mm-hmm. a lot of vindication in regards to this 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 team and the players that he called up. I mean, you have a full full starting uh full star start ugh, can't even talk anymore a full star studded uh roster in which you have players like Chucky Lozano you have uh, Javier Hernandez you have HH you have Tecatito. Tecatito you have Guardado you you know obviously he was there for the Gold Cup but uh you know you have all these players who are coming back into the into the camp into the national team and now it's more it it's it's painting to be a little bit more towards Mexico's uh favor, correct? Correct. Because and you, uh-huh, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was gonna note out one thing, one interesting fact that Tata Martino called up thirty one players for this uh for this uh for this international break. So um it's it's gonna be interesting to see how he utilizes or how he thinks he's gonna utilize every every single one of these players. He's gonna use two goalkeepers in one half. Um it's- I wouldn't, count. I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count I know he called four goalkeepers. I'm thinking well, a keeper gets a half each. I mean, that's no. the only play. That's, not, uh, that's the only no. way I can see that. I mean, we'll talk about our predicted lineup for for the Mexico USA game, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the Argentina game right now. But um, I don't know. I I I see I see this game being just so much simpler for the Me- for the Mexican national team than for the U.S. men's national team. You know. I haven't really seen or done that much research, and that's probably sounding very terrible on the podcast right now in regards to trying to be professional about what we're doing. But the U.S. Men's National Team roster doesn't really give you that sense of, like, a big, big team, if, if that right. makes sense, right? I mean, I mean, you, you look at their team and you think their biggest threat is what? Christian Pulisic? Probably. And that's the same kind of situation that they were in the Gold Cup. Right. But now you think of what the Mexican national team has in front of them, and you think, well, this should be a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're, you're definitely right. Um, the, thing, the thing I will say about the U.S. Uh, national team is that, you know, they were, the fans did feel like there were a couple of players that were left out, and, you know, but now they're going to be in, in this, uh, this call-up. Um, so... And their and their and their minds, you know, they they think that they they've improved massively with you know one or two players being called up. So I guess it's just who who shows up that night. But I do have to say that I I think in my honest opinion and no bias, I do think Mexico does have the better squad. And 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 it just reflects on on kind of the talent that's going to be in front of them. Um, I expect a strong starting eleven 
from Tata Martino in in this game against uh, against the U.S. I don't know what you think. I mean, yeah, I think we have we have enough players to to really pull out a really a really strong strong eleven. So what are you going with? I'm going with a four three three. Four three three. I think I think that's that, that's that, that's kind of kind of thing. I think a four three three four oh, a four three three should should do the trick. So what's your starting eleven? Oof, you're gonna put me on the spot like that. Somebody there's thirty one players to choose from. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think I'm gonna go Ochoa and Net. Um, I'm I'm trying to be Tata, so if my if my if my choices are a little bit weird to you guys, don't make fun of me. I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be Tata right now. I think he'll go with with Chaka and Jorge Sanchez as your as your as your um as your left back and as your left back and right back. I think he'll use Hector Moreno. Uh, Hector Moreno and Nestor Araujo as the center backs. Your three in the midfield would most likely be Edson Alvarez, Andres Guardado, uh, and Jonathan Dos Santos. And then up top you're gonna have what are we gonna do? Chucky Lozano, Raul Jimenez, and um can you imagine the drama that went between these two players and for him to start Tecatito on his first callback? Oh no, I mean that that's that's what I would do, at least in a way. Who's our who's our winger winger options? Um we Just do have Piz- we have Pizarro, uh Chucky Lozano, uh, Tecatito, uh, Antuna making a return. Um, Roberto Alvarado. I think he starts Pizarro over Tecatito. You think so? I think so. Oh, actually, you know what? I, can I can I change something? I think I'll take Jonathan out and I'll put Hector Herrera in. I, I was about to say that. I was about yeah, yeah. to say that. But yeah, going back to kind of having Pizarro in front of Tecatito, I think Jonathan might get to start before Herrera, only he because. Could. He's more trusted because he's played with him more. Because he's played he's with, known him more. with him more. Um, Makes sense. But I mean, it, it wouldn't be shocking if it starts as well. Yeah, no. So, like I said, there's like we're going back and forth, and that just shows how much how much talent this this national team does have. So you know, you could really choose anyone, and I think we'll be fine uh, for this match. So it should be a fun one. It should definitely definitely be a fun one. What are you going with in regards to prediction scoreline? Well. I'm I'm always hoping for a win, especially in my own backyard. So I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go a little bit crazy here. I'm I'm gonna say four-one Mexico. Oh wow, that that is a bit adventurous. But you know what? I'll match your adventurous with a little bit uh with a little bit of a lesser scoreline. But I'm going three-zero. Three-zero. I'm 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 all for that. As long as I see goals, that's all I that's all I really care about for Mexico. Honestly. No, no. I was like, no. I want a clean sheet for Memo. That's all <laughs> oh. I want. I want his confidence to be as high as possible in regards to this game. Yeah. Could be mm-hmm. always, Classico Capitolino coming up, dude. Of course. Always looking out for our Aguilas. Always, always got to be looking out for them. By the way, you putting George Sanchez in that position, that's a big, big, big opportunity for him, especially against the mm-hmm. U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he can do it. I think, um, I think Tata has seen enough from him that he, he, he merits a call up and honestly merits a start. He was, he was definitely going to be, I think, a starter in the Gold Cup. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he gets that injury. has to yeah. come back to Coapa. But it should be interesting to see how George comes combats this. And, you know, this is a player that I've been very, very keen on criticizing, uh, only because I know what his potential can be. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think he he's going to have to be on his A game uh, mm-hmm. to try to, you know, make a name for himself, especially in this I upcoming can- uh, in this upcoming season for the Mexican national team, because you do have nations, uh, nations cup coming up, you know. Yeah, and um, I guess we'll we'll touch on that more when that does happen. But you know, he he could play a big part. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely could be. Alrighty then, so we transition from that game on to the upcoming game for the Mexican national team after that, which is going to be against Argentina. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, is on Tuesday, right? I think I'm so. Pretty sure. Let me see. Just let me just double check. As I, I I had it and I was like, oh, I'll remember this, but nope, I did not remember nope. this perfectly. Uh, nice. Mexico Argentina is going to be Tuesday. That is at Tuesday. seven p.m. Pacific time, nine Central 
10 Eastern. So there might be a podcast change in regards to that. We will keep you guys up to date in regards to that. But with that said, it's Mexico versus Argentina. That's always a fun one, right? That was a fun one. I mean, in, in recent times, it hasn't really gone our favor, but it's always nice to match up with, uh, I guess, a so-called international giant in a way. And it, it should be a, a real good test for us to see how how we are uh, at this very moment with uh, with Tata's reign. No Messi, if I'm uh, if I'm correct, right? No Messi, yes, no Messi. But that's but fine because still, I believe there's still a Dybala. There's still a Dybala. No Icardi, right? I don't think any Icardi, no. But like I said, this Argentina team is so it's so uh, so complete that listen, you could put you could swap out any of these players and it's still going to be a, a strong eleven that can probably take on anyone in the world. So, like I said, it's going to be a very good test, and I'm actually very excited for that match. Do we see Guido start? Do we see Guido? I think we see Guido start in that match. Yes, I don't think I would, he starts. I really want to see that first game. match. I really want yeah, to see that. I don't. Game. In in which Guido, I I think Guido needs this international break to get back into his rhythm. You know. Mm-hmm. I think he's felt a little bit flustered at America. I think he just needs a, a, a little time away from the club. And this might just do him well to find himself again. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, like I said, I don't think he starts against Chile, but I think he does start against Mexico. Should be interesting. Should be definitely, definitely interesting. Alrighty then, in regards to that game, how much of a different starting eleven do you think we're going to see? Probably a complete whole different eleven, in my opinion. Oh man, I would have liked to see Ochoa play against Argentina as well. But I think he mm. gets to start against. Uh, he definitely gets to start against the US. I don't think he gets to yeah. start against Argentina. Mm. Like I said, I think, I think that that does plan to use at least. I don't think I don't I don't know if he'll use all thirty one, but I think he does plan to use a good twenty five, twenty six. So, we'll we'll see how that goes. Definitely, definitely. So then, scoreline prediction: Argentina versus Mexico. Go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit, a little bit low on this one. I think I'll go one one. One one. I think I'm going uh, two two. Two two. That's fine. Fair. Fair. I think there's still goals on both ends. Uh, it should mm-hmm. be interesting though, regardless of the match. Yeah. It should be an interesting match. Should be a fun one. And you guys can keep up to date with that. Also on our social media accounts, we'll do our best to keep you guys up to date, not only with Las Aguas de America, but with the Mexican national team and with our players abroad as well. So pretty busy, busy, busy weekend for uh, for us. In regards to everyone else in the league, most likely they'll be relaxing. Yeah, pretty much. Must be nice to have a day off, right? A little bit. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll keep you guys up to date with that. Like always, we're... Uh, we enjoy doing this though. We we, we we love putting in the shift. We put we love putting in the work and give you guys up to date with all things Las Aguilas de la America. Uh and the Mexican national team. Uh but with that said, in regards to the international break, anything else you want to add on or should we uh should we end it here? I think we're we we've done enough. I think we've done enough. Alrighty then. So you guys can catch those games live on through the NA uh in respect to the times. Again, that is going to be uh seven PM Pacific time for the Mexico versus Argentina game. And uh, do you know what time is the USA Dillon? one? Yes, it's at 8.30. 8.30 Eastern. So 5.30, our time. And yeah. what did you say about Dylan? Oh, the Argentina game. That's going to be in Dylan's backyard, San Antonio. That, yep. The, well, not necessarily his backyard, more like the park that's by his backyard. It's still, well, it's, it's still a little while away. It's in this day. I don't care. That's his backyard. That's his backyard. Well, that's a big backyard, by the way. <laughs> well, he, he is a very rich man and with a very big backyard. So, yes, it's his backyard. Well, you should know you're the one who keeps the uh, accounts. Uh, for that's the, And that's for... why I just made that comment that I did. He is a very rich man. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, we'll leave it at that. I hope you guys do enjoy yourselves. A wonderful, wonderful international break. And then we'll have plenty and plenty to talk about next week as we do break down what happened in Chicago. We'll break down a little bit of the international break, what it meant for our players. And then we'll get you guys ready and all caught up for all things Las Aguilas de la America in regards to the Clásico Capitolino against Pumas, which, by the way, is going to be at the Estadio Azteca. So it should be interesting to see how that game pans out for us and what the team's going to be looking like. And then, of course, we'll keep you guys up to date with the Lady Aguilas, who did have an international break as well. And because of that, they did not see any action today. They will go up against Monterrey next week. So, Christian, plenty plenty to talk about next week. No, 100%. It's going to be a very interesting uh, episode next week. And uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it.
I think we all are. We're all definitely looking forward to that one. Alrighty, then we'll see you guys in the upcoming days. Make sure you guys stay tuned on all our social media platforms. To, to everyone who's listening right now on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, thank you so much for your uh, your support. And uh, for everyone really who's been following us and who's been liking our stuff, retweeting everyone, thank you so much for everything. Uh, thank you to everyone out in the chat who's come out tonight. Uh, Angel, um, uh, Michael, Jesus, Marcos, Isabel, Chicken Nugget, uh, you know, everyone, everyone, you know, Francisco, everyone. I, I know there's plenty and plenty of you guys. Excuse me if I did not mention one of you guys, but thank you so much for coming out into the chat. Thank you so much for your guys' support, for coming out and listening and watching. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, have you guys yourselves a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll keep you guys up to date with all things Asagilas de la America on our social media platforms. And until next time, as always, as always, Arriba la America. Arriba la America.